Just a real quick PSA before we get our Wish, Want, and Will Oscars episode underway. There is some not-safe-for-work language used in this episode, both by me and Jen, honestly, but predominantly in clips for some of the nominees that are used throughout our hour together. So if you don't want to hear that or don't want people that you're listening with to hear that, please take the necessary precautions now. Welcome to Sound Like It Pop, Broadway World's pop culture podcast. I am Broadway World and Broadway Radio's Matt Timonini, and as always, I'm joined by the brains of our operation, Broadway World's Jennifer McHugh. Jen, I don't know if you're a Philly or a Pittsburgh fan. I know you kind of hate football in general, but I'm going to just, as a Pennsylvanian, congratulations on the Eagles Super Bowl win. I hate Philadelphia, but if they beat Tom Brady, they're okay with me. Yeah, totally fair there. I'm with you there. Um, You can follow Jen on Twitter at EponineQ. That's E-P-O-N-I-N-E-Q. And you can follow me at B-W-W-M-A-T-T. You can follow this show on Twitter at S-L-I-P Podcast. Jen, we have one topic and one topic only on this episode, and that is the upcoming Academy Awards. As we do with all of the Oscars and Emmy Awards, we're going to be going through our picks here on the show. And for the major awards, we're going to be giving you our wish, wants, and wills. What that means is we're going to give you what we wish had happened in this category, whether it's somebody who wasn't nominated but should have or some other thing that should have been done in that category. Then we're going to tell you of the nominees who we want to win. And then finally, we're going to give you our official picks and tell you who will win. Now, Jen, you and I are both on record as saying that we don't like a lot of the things that were nominated or at least maybe not don't like but don't think they're best picture or best actor or you know whatever worthy so i think this is going to be interesting take for us because this is not normally how we come into these we usually have things that we're really excited about and i don't know that the things we're excited about this year really have any chance to win yeah it's um it's not our favorite year obviously i don't think we've made a secret of that but also i think and correct me if i'm wrong we're recording a little bit earlier than usual um so the buzz isn't really like circulated yet with predictions so we're kind of flying blind and going off of our instincts and so i'm fully prepared to tank this because i care so much less yeah yeah we in the last two years when we've done this we've recorded i think like a week week and a half before the oscars and by then the storylines as to who is surging and who has momentum are really set we're still now three plus three-ish weeks away uh, from the Oscars. And there's some, you know, we've had some awards. People are kind of talking about what they think, but there's still a long time for things to change. So this will be interesting. Now, Jen, we didn't do a bet for the Emmys, which I won, but we haven't really talked about. Should we do a bet? Should we talk about a bet at the end after we've made our picks? What do you think? I think we should wait to the end to see um, how much of a difference we have. Yeah, because I think we might be very close on a lot of these. It'd be very close. Because it just seems like right now, even though, like you said, a lot of the the buzz and the momentum hasn't started, it just seems like some of these are just so obvious, painfully so, and it could change, but it doesn't really matter if they change or not. I just think feel like some of them are so obvious, we're going to have the same picks. We might be right or wrong, but I think we're going to be the same. So I think if we're divergent enough, we'll do a bet. If we are very similar, I think you're right. We should probably just hold off and focus on Battlestar Galactica for our next episode and recap that. That sounds good to me. 
Alright, so we're going to go through the top six awards here. We're going to give you our wishes, wants, and wills, and then we're going to go through the rest of the awards sans shorts, because while I will go and see all the shorts were in the theaters, you can't really see them otherwise, and we haven't seen them yet because we're still three weeks away. So, Jen, we're going to start with the Best Supporting Actor category. There are five nominees in this category, and they are in alphabetical order by their last name. William Defoe for The Florida Project, Woody Harrelson for Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, Richard Jenkins for The Shape of Water, Christopher Plummer, not Kevin Spacey, for All the Money in the World, and Sam Rockwell for Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Jen, I will give you the honors to go first. What do you wish had happened in this category? Did you say William Defoe? Willem Defoe. Thank you. Um, w- <laughs> W-I-L-L-E-M. It's a weird thing to say. Willem Defoe. Willem. Uh, my wish for this category is... <laughs> Something that's going to make a recurring theme in this episode, and that will be the big sick. And my wish is Ray Romano. I He's only in the past few years started taking on these really interesting roles, and I was really surprised at how much he touched me playing Emily Gordon's father in The Big Sick. I thought he had some really great moments, especially a scene with Kumail that was really touching. And I, I kind of wish that we could see his name as an Oscar nominee. I think that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, that's that's good. It seems like ever since he left, um, everybody loves Raymond, and he did that show on TNT called uh, Men of a Certain Age. He's really dug into actual legitimate acting roles between that and Parenthood and Fargo and now The Big Sick. It's interesting that he's kind of showing his acting chops and showing that he's not just a comedian who had a big sitcom. So, yeah, I definitely agree with that one. Mine is a little different. My wish was that I wish they could have given a nomination for cumulative performance in Best Picture nominated films, and that would go to Michael Stolbarg. He was in Call Me By Your Name, The Shape of Water, and The Post, um, and he gave great performances in all of them. In The Post, it's just a small role, but Call Me By Your Name and The Shape of Water, he had... Honestly, performances, both of them, I thought, could have gotten him nominated in this category. And I wonder if he split the vote amongst himself, because I think he deserved consideration for both of those films, and he got neither. So I would have wished that Michael Stuhlbarg would have gotten one nomination for all of his work this year. Not dissimilar from, like, I think John C. Riley was in three Best Picture nominees the year Chicago won. Uh, as well. So that would be my wish in that category, Jen. So what is your want in the best supporting actor category? Well, in my want categories, because there's so many things that I are nominated that I didn't love, I did like a lot of the performances in the films, but just not the films as a whole. Sure. Yeah. So my want is Richard Jenkins for The Shape of Water, because hmm. Even though I didn't love that movie, I thought he was just dynamic. And I've loved him for a long time, ever since uh, Six Feet Under. And he's just a great actor. And I would love just to see a little bit of an upset because all the rest of the awards are going to be so predictable. So my want is Richard Jenkins. You know, it's funny because when I saw that movie, I was like, who is that? Like, I you just like his face is familiar. His voice is familiar. But I couldn't place it. I went to his Wikipedia and IMDb after the movie was over, and I still couldn't figure out where I knew him from. It was just like a he's been in so much. You just kind of he's always been there. Like, you know him through osmosis. But he was very good. My want, though, is different. We talked about this film on a previous episode, and I still don't know if you've seen it. I think you have, but I'm not 100% sure. And this film hit really close to home because 
well, it's really close to home. Um, and that's the Florida Project, a movie that's main setting is, I don't know, four or five miles down the street um, from where I live, kind of, if you from the front of my town. Um, but that's the Florida Project. And my want for this category is Willem Dafoe. Um, I thought, you know, this guy who it always plays the weird, quirky, often bad guy. And he's just this really lovely character in this film where he kind of looks out for not only the kids, but their parents in this um, hotel that's really for people who are homeless, who have no homes, are staying in this extended stay hotel. And he really looks out for them um, in a way that he doesn't have to. And he's a really sweet guy. And, and I appreciated that performance because it is so counter to what we often see from him. Um, so I would want Willem Dafoe to win for this role. God, I hated uh, that movie. Yeah, it was it was rough. And I think now, because when we talked about it on the show, you hadn't seen it. Like, I, I'm sure you can understand why it was even more difficult as close as I am to the truth of it, I guess. No, that's why I hate it, because I know that you could yeah. probably drive two miles and see that exact scenario. And yeah. I just was so uncomfortable the whole time. I mean, every time I go to Target, every time I go, well, not every time I go to Walmart because there's a new Walmart that's closer, but every time I go to like, uh, you know, my comic book store, I pass that purple castle hotel and it's, it was always weird before that because you knew it and then it's even worse now. So it is heartbreaking, but, um, okay, Jen, moving into the will category, I think this one's a no brainer. Um, but maybe you'll disagree. So who do you think is going to win Best Supporting Actor at the Oscars? I honestly don't think there's an acting nominee that we're going to disagree will win. So for Will and Best Supporting Actor, I have Sam Rockwell. Obviously, yeah. he's won everything up till this point. I don't have a problem with him. He's actually one of my favorite actors. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm not mad about it. Again, didn't love the movie, but I'm not mad. He, he's had a great career, and, and this was a, a great role for him despite the controversy. And I think he has no competition despite all the other brilliant performances. Yeah, I agree. I think a lot of these acting categories I have – in fact, there's one that I haven't seen, but I still think this person's going to win. We'll get to that later. But I didn't dislike any of their performances. I just didn't necessarily like the movies as a whole. So I have no problem championing and celebrating their performances, but – as a whole, they just didn't do much for me. But I agree, Sam Rockwell um, is very likely to win Best Supporting Actor. Hey, you. What the fuck is this? The fuck is what? This. This. Advertising, I guess. Advertising what? Something obscure? I'll say. Yeah. Don't I know your face from someplace? I don't know, do you? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I could arrest you right now if I wanted to. For what? For emptying out your bucket there. That's that's against the being bad, against the environment laws. Well, before you do that, Officer Dixon, how about you go have yourself a look at that first billboard over there? And then we can have ourselves a conversation about the motherfucking environment. How about that? Fuck me. 
All right, let's go to Best Supporting Actress, Jen. And I have two. I think one of them is going to be who you're going to pick. So I'm going to go with the other one. And I'm going to screw up this name. But I am going, for my wish, to say Hung Chow from Downsizing. This is a movie that I had really high expectations for. And then when it came out, the critics really didn't like it. I went and saw it and found it utterly charming. I have absolutely no idea what it was trying to say. The message was incredibly muddled. The way they ended the film, I don't it almost felt like they were saying, "Hey, well, the whole film was kind of this do what you can to save the planet." Um and and this is, you know, our contribution. And then at the end, the message was, "Yeah, don't worry about it. Just have fun and live your life." So I didn't like that, but Hung Chow plays um woman who is jailed for being a political dissident in China. She goes to this, she's shrunk as torture, and then she becomes like this uh, maid, and then she meets Matt Damon's character. It's really lovely. I really thought she was fantastic, but um, if that, if I were to have my wish, that would be what I wished in this category. Now, Jen, don't let me down. I I didn't do this other one because I thought you were going to do it, so what is your wish for Best Supporting Actress? Um, Holly Hunter in The Big yeah. Sick. Um, same argument for Ray Romano, obviously not her coming out of her shell, but just this portrayal of Emily's mother and, and both of their scenes with Kumail, how gentle and tender and awkward and wonderfully how they played them. And she's a pro she's been up there before, but she's, I've never been a huge fan of hers, but, but there was something in, in this performance that just made me really, really relate to her. Yeah, I think that's good. That's a good pick. Like I said, that would have been my second one. So now as we go into the once, Jen, let me go through the nominees. Uh, the first is Mary J. Blige for Mudbound, Alice and Janney for I, Tanya, Leslie Manville for Phantom Thread, Lori Metcalf for Lady Bird, and Octavia Spencer for The Shape of Water. Now, for me, this category has two of my favorite stage and screen actresses and another screen actress that I love as well. But it really comes down to two of my favorite stage and screen actresses, Allison Janney and Laurie Metcalf. For my want, I'm going Mary J. Blige. <laughs> um, it, I liked Allison Janney and I liked Laurie Metcalf's performances in both of those films. I was, they were fine. But Mary J. Blige, this is Mary J. Blige, like whatever they call the, the, the queen of funk soul or whatever they whatever her name is like she's not supposed to be able to give the performance that she gave in mudbound um i i really really liked that movie i as we, in our top 10 episode i had that one fairly high um it was in my top 10 seven or eight i think and i i really thought she was fantastic i thought she stood out in that film so if i got my choice as much as i love janny and metcalf i would pick mary j blige so what about you jen well, I can't um, agree with you more about Janie and Metcalf, which I feel like they should tour under that name. Seriously. Uh, <laughs> they're two of the greatest ever. And I, for me, I just, my want and my will are the same. And I picked Alice and Janie because, yes, we're always going to be in love with her as CJ Craig. But boy, mm -hmm. did she bring something to that performance. And that woman is, forgive my judgment, but she's trash. And <laughs> no, I don't think Jeff, anyone's judging you on that one. She was definitely trash. Allison Janney is not. And I know that's actually the very basis of acting is playing someone you're not, but she 
embraced that trash and she I just loved every second of it and I just want her to win an Oscar because she gives wonderful speeches she that that she does and I'm glad that you have a theater degree so you could tell us that acting was being someone who's different than yourself that's really insightful um I'm sure Clutztown University is proud of that education but yes I what is it called Clutztown whatever Clutztown I'm insulted go golden bears that's funnier, actually, if it was Clutztown. Um, but yes, I agree. Uh, Alice and Janie, this one was a hard one because I went back and forth between Janie and Metcalf, and someday they have to be in a Broadway show together. But I, I think this is Janie's. Her character didn't have as much to do in the film in I, Tanya, as Laurie Metcalf's did in Lady Bird, but it was maybe because of that, it had a bigger impact. She could go bigger rather than Laurie Metcalf, who had to be a little bit more grounded. And and by virtue of the films, I, Tanya's is a little more satirical, a little more played to, I mean, with broader strokes. Lady Bird, as I wrote my review, and when we talked about the film, it's very down to earth and it's very grounded. So they're very different performances by two of our greatest actresses. But I'm going to go Janie in this category. So we're two for two in the, uh, <laughs> in the predictions. We'll see what happens next. I mean, when I was a kid did you ever love me or anything you think sonia henny's mother loved her poor fucking you i didn't stay home making apple brown bettys no i made you a champion knowing you'd hate me for it that's the sacrifice a mother makes i wish i'd had a mother like me instead of nice nice get your shit i didn't like my mother either so what i fucking gave you a gift He cursed me. You're a monster. Spilled milk, baby. All right. In the best director category, we have Christopher Nolan for Dunkirk, Jordan Peele for Get Out, Greta Gerwig for Lady Bird, Paul Thomas Anderson for Phantom Thread, and Guillermo del Toro for The Shape of Water. Jen, it's your turn to give me your wish. I think we might have the same wish as well. I doubt it. Okay, um, my maybe not. wish, my wish is Michael Gracie for the Greatest Showman. Yeah, definitely. He would not have been in my top twenty-five for this. Yeah, um, Matt inexplicably thinks this is a bad movie. I don't get it. I love, I love it. I it's just saw not it good. again. Hey, my 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 moment. I know. I, I saw it again on Saturday, and uh, seeing it for a second time, and actually getting to see those moments and really get into the choreography without just being overwhelmed by the stimulation of it. I just thought he did a great job. I think this is one of his first films, if not his first one. It is. And I loved it. I loved every second of it and it was intoxicating. And I wish that he had been recognized for it because what a feat putting all that together. I don't care about your arguments. Just tell me your wish. I'm not, I wasn't going to say anything about it. My wish, and I don't think you'll disagree with this, uh, but my wish is that Patty Jenkins would have been nominated for Wonder Woman. I think it was not only a very good film, the best superhero film that Warner Brothers and DC have done since, well, hell, if I'm being quite honest with you, since the first Michael Keaton Batman, I, I thought it was better than the Christopher Nolan Batmans. And I think it also has a place in our culture right now. That deserved to be recognized. So I wish that Patty Jenkins had been nominated for Best Director. But alas, she's not. Now, Jen, I'm going to go out on a limb here. And I'm going to say that our (laughs) wants and wills are going to be the same. 
Do you, do you think that there's a, do you think there's a good chance of that? I don't think that's a limb. Okay. I think, so, I think it's the same. <laughs> okay. So what do you have as, as your, as, as our want? I have Jordan, my sweet, sweet Jordan Peele. <laughs> get out. Because, yeah. oh, what a moment that would be to see him get up there and take the Oscar for a movie like this. But alas, I think we believe that the other great moment will happen. And it will be a great moment to see Guillermo get up there and get it for Shape of Water. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, I would love Jordan to win. And I think he has a shot. I think there's enough time from where we are now that there is a possibility that there could be a groundswell for him. But I do think at this point, Guillermo del Toro is going to win. And we're going to talk about that. I have some feelings about that. And, and we'll talk about those a little bit later. But um, yeah, I agree. One, one thousand billion percent. And I hate when people say more than 100 uh, percent, but a thousand billion percent for Jordan Peele and the one. And I agree with Guillermo del Toro. We are now three for three with the same. Uh, but let's move on to the best actor category. The nominees are Timothy Chalamet for Call Me By Your Name, Daniel Day-Lewis for The Phantom Thread, Daniel Kulaya for Get Out, Gary Oldman for Darkest Hour, and Denzel Washington for Roman J. Israel Esquire. I really feel like Denzel Washington just got this nomination for a movie that doesn't exist, because I honestly have not heard of this movie almost at all, and I'm being a little bit sarcastic, but I think this he got this nomination just by the fact that he's Denzel Washington. Um, it's everywhere here. Oh, is it? It is. Mm-hmm. I have not seen a damn thing about. It. Like I heard about it when it was getting released originally, but like there's nothing. So maybe they're making a good, a big, big push for him. But I, yeah, I thought that was one of like the ones that just completely got swept under the rug out here. But my wish um, for best actor is actually something that has zero Academy Award nominations across the board, um, and it's a film that I've talked about before that I really liked. It is M night Shyamalan's latest movie split. And I wish that James McAvoy um, would have been nominated or recognized a little bit more across any of the awards, because I think he gives a great performance. I think James McAvoy is a very underrated actor. He's this, you know, a good looking guy and he does some superhero movies and does some action things, but I think he's a really, really quality actor and you get to see the depth of his performance in this, and not necessarily a super deep film, but he's able to create because he's playing a character with, you know, multiple personalities or dissociative identity disorder. He gets to play so many different characters in it, and you get to see the differentiation just on the physicality that he gives. I thought it was a really, really great performance, and and Betty Buckley in it as well gives a really good performance. So um, I I would have wished that James McAvoy would have been nominated for Best Actor, even though. I knew there was literally no shot of that happening. So, Jen, what do you uh, wish would have happened in this category? And speaking of no shots, and this (laughs) could also be controversial in the leading and supporting actor because I will never understand the difference. But my wish is Bill Skarsgård for it. (laughs) Oh, no, I would say he's the lead in that. Like, I I could see him in the lead category. Yeah, I – listen – and I've said it before, I don't like horror movies, I don't like clowns, but boy, what a tour de force to come out and try and have to top Tim Curry as the most yeah. memorable scary clown in history. I just thought he knocked different. it out of the park. It was different. Yeah. And the way he said the titular line in the movie haunts my dreams when – did you see it? Oh, yeah. I saw it before you did. 
when the little kid leans in and he says, if you want your boat, come get it. And the way he accentuates it with his smile so wide, it was such, I don't know, it was just such a brilliant choice to just accentuate like, hey, that's the name of the movie, but also <laughs> not getting out of his character and just establishing this terrifying presence. And I don't know. I just thought it would be kind of funny to see a, a guy up That'd there for cool. a horror movie. Not only a horror movie, but where he plays a demented clown. Like, that would be great. I, I would love that. Ironically, the guy that I want to win is up there for a horror movie. Um, a much different type of horror movie. I think we're, we're, we're going to be the same again here. Well, we'll, well. We'll, get, we'll get to the will. I think there's a good chance, but I, I'm not 100% sure. Daniel uh, Kulaya, I think we both... We've talked about how much we love this film, how much we love this performance. Um, I would love for him to to win. That's what I want. Um, Jen, I have Gary Oldman winning. Is that who who you have winning as well? Yes, sir. Yeah, I. This is the one I have. I haven't seen this yet, um, but this just seems that I. Now forgive me. I watched The Crown. I thought John Lithgow was great. Do we need more Churchill? I feel like we're saturated with Churchill at this point. Am I wrong? Yes, because I watched it yesterday and he is mesmerizing. I, darkest hour. Okay. Correct. Yes, the makeup helps, but he disappears into this character. Winston Churchill is a fascinating historical figure. And Agreed. I just, I don't know. There's certain subjects like that. Like I never get tired of documentaries on the Beatles because I always want to know more. There's just certain things in history that I want to know more information on. And he is unbelievable in this performance. Okay. Well, I'm glad that you've seen it. Cause I, I have not. Um, I just feel like, it, it, I feel like we have somebody nominated for something playing Winston Churchill, whether it's on stage on TV or, or on the big screen almost every year. So I have no problem. I mean, Gary Oldman's great. He's one of the best. But it just seems like that it's his moment, and uh, that's where all the, the the chips are laying right now. So Gary Oldman, we are now four for four in our predictions. I do like that we both liked wanted Daniel Kulea. Kulea, yeah. yeah. But He's not British. We weren't rooting for Timothy Chalamet, which he's kind of the tween vote right now. And every time he loses <laughs> a vote, the tweens take to Twitter. Twi- oh, the <laughs> teens take to Twitter to complain because they don't understand the way awards work, first of all. But I also yeah. get really irritated when people so young in their career get nominated because I don't think we've seen what they can do yet. Like Jesse Eisenberg or uh, the kid that won for the theory of everything. What was his name? Eddie Eddie Redmayne. Redmayne. Yeah, I just feel like it's you're rewarding a performance, but then three movies later you're like, oh, they're a one trick pony. So I just yeah. want I want to give this kid some time and see where the, where the chops really are. I don't think he's going anywhere, but I think he's no. getting a, a little too much praise for this movie. That's just my opinion. I I will say that by the time Eddie Redmayne won his Academy Award, he'd also already won a Tony Award. So. I think he'd proven his chops a little bit more, but I do understand your point here. Timothy Chalamet is in both Call Me By Your Name and Lady Bird, playing very different characters. Neither one of them did much for me, though, if I'm being quite honest. And before our forces are wiped out completely, now is the time to negotiate in order to obtain the best conditions possible. Hitler will not insist on outrageous terms. He will know his own weaknesses. He will be reasonable. When will the lesson be learned? When will 
of the lesson be learned? How many more dictators must be wooed, appeased, good God, given in mixed privileges, before we learn? You cannot reason with a tiger when your head is in its mouth. Anyway, okay, let's go to Best Actress. The nominees are Sally Hawkins for The Shape of Water, Frances McDormand for Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, Margot Robbie for I, Tanya, Saoirse Ronan for Lady Bird, and Muriel Strep for The Post. Never heard of that last one there, Jen. So who do you have as your wish? I think this will be interesting. I honestly think we have the same wish. I can absolutely guarantee we don't. I have Gal Gadot for Wonder Woman. That is definitely not who I have. Wow, I'm surprised. Um, everything you said about Patty Jenkins, I think, applies to Gal Gadot. And I I just, wouldn't it be nice just for once, for someone who isn't dead, to get nominated for a superhero role? <laughs> it would, would be nice. Uh, it would be nice. You know, what's interesting here is that you talk about how, like, Timothy Chalamet is young and you, you're a little put off by the, these people so early in their careers winning awards. That really has been the trend for the Best Actress category for years, whether it was Brie Larson or Jennifer Lawrence. They often go to younger women and older men in the actor categories, which is kind of just a completely bald-faced yeah, representation <laughs> of everything. Yeah, of everything that happens in, in film. But yeah, yeah, I think you're you're right. Gal, um, who is younger, um, would have been great. I would have had no problem with that. But I actually went with somebody who already is an Academy Award winner, who was in a movie that I don't know how many people saw, but that I really, really liked. Um, it was a movie that I'll give you the basis here. In this film, there's a woman. She is uh, more. She's an alcoholic, and she breaks up with her boyfriend, who is played by the guy from Legion. Oh, and Beauty and the Beast, Dan Stevens. Um, he dumps her. She goes back to her hometown, and while she's in her hometown, there is a monster attack in Japan, and she comes to learn that she actually controls the monster that is attacking Japan. She confides it in her old childhood friend, who is a bartender there, and then he finds out that he controls a giant robot that attacks Japan as well, and then everything plays out from there. The two people at the center of this film are Anne Hathaway and Jason Sudeikis. I, I wish that Anne Hathaway would have been nominated. This movie is called Colossal. This movie goes absolutely nowhere that you think it's going to go. And I appreciated that. And it was just one of those weird, you know, I kind of like the things that have these weird premises. And it was very weird. It was very different. And I really enjoyed the performances. And I wish more people had seen Colossal. And Hathaway is fantastic in it. Jason Sudeikis is actually really, really good in it as well. So I wish that more people had seen that. And I wish Anne Hathaway would have been nominated here. Okay, then. Have you even heard of that one? Yeah. Okay. All right. So what do you want to win here? I, this is a hard one. I'm going to be honest. This was a hard one for me here. It is a hard one. I literally had to look at the list and I'm like, I guess her. <laughs> That's exactly. In my notes, I say, I guess. And then I have my person. Yeah. So who, who so, do you guess you're going to go with? I guess Sally Hawkins. <laughs> oh, damn it, Jen. I li literally in parentheses, I have, I guess, 
And then Sally Hawkins. Yeah. Same yeah. Thing. And again, not in love with this movie. I thought she did a great job. She does a great job in, in everything. I, I think she's really underrated. Um, I'm glad she's getting recognition with this. And was it Blue Jasmine she was nominated for? Um, yes. I love her. So I guess I want I want her to win. Yeah. It's just it's just I think she had more to work with than a lot of these other films. I think they all were fine. Well, I'll, I'll say this. I thought the post was dreadfully dull. And Meryl Streep is up there because she's Meryl Streep. Um, the movie, I mean, it was fine. I choked up at the importance of journalism in our society. I, I, it totally worked. Steven Spielberg hit those notes. But for the most part, it was a completely underwhelming film, despite the phenomenal cast. Uh, but when it comes to it, Sally Hawkins had the most interesting stuff to do. And so that's why I kind of want her to win. So, Jen, I think that probably means we have the same denim-wearing Will here, right? This is the same as Sam Rockwell and the same movie, but there really seems to be no wiggle room that Frances McDormand will win, which, again, she makes great speeches. (laughs) Oh, yes, she does. Whether it's at the Tonys or anything else, she always does. And I'm going to admit something here, Jen. And you're going to think I'm an idiot and you're going to not understand how I didn't know this. I I didn't I didn't know she was married to one of the Cohen brothers. Oh boy. I just I I'm just saying I didn't know. Um, I, I've never really concerned myself with the personal lives of well many actors. I don't really care, but I I just Frances McDormand as much as I enjoy her, she's never been one I've really studied up on. But I didn't realize she was married to one of the Cohen brothers. But obviously, going back to Fargo and all that stuff, they were married before Fargo. But um, yeah. Pretty interesting. So good for her. We are now five for five on our predictions here on our Wish Once and Wills. You know what I was thinking about today? I was thinking about those street gangs they have down in Los Angeles, those Crips and those Bloods. And I was thinking about that bunch of new laws I came up with in the 1980s, I think it was, to combat those street gangs, those Crips and those Bloods. And if I remember rightly, the gist of what those new laws were saying was, If you join one of these gangs and you're running with them and down the block one night, unbeknownst to you, one of your fellow Crips or your fellow Bloods shoot up a place or stab a guy, well then, even though you may not know nothing about it, and even though you may have just been standing on a street corner or minding your own business, what these new laws said was, you're still culpable. You're still culpable by the very act of having joined those Crips and those Bloods in the first place. Which got me thinking, Father. That whole type of situation is kind of like you church boys, ain't it? You got your colors. You got your clubhouse. You're, for want of a better word, a gang. And if you're upstairs smoking a pipe and reading your Bible, while one of your fellow gang members is downstairs fucking an altar boy, well, Father... Just like those Crips and just like those Bloods, you're culpable because you joined the gang, man. So that leads us to Best Picture, Jen. This is where it always gets contentious, not necessarily between us, but just with some of the weirdness that goes on in this category. As always, they can nominate up to 10 films. They chose to only do nine, and that's not by choice. It's by voting and where the natural break is. But the Best Picture nominees this year are Call Me By Your Name, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Get Out, Lady Bird, Phantom Thread, The Post, The Shape of Water, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Is it possible in this one our Wish, Want, and Will are the same? Um... Probably not, and here's why. Um, I think our want and will will be the same. 
I don't think there will be in the wish just because I look at it like I want to fill out this category. I think I've done this in the past couple of years. Like I want to take some things out and I want to replace them and then fill the open slot because I feel like if you've got 10 spots, it does no harm to have you nominate all you know, have a spot a nomination in all 10 slots. Oftentimes I try to suggest uh, a superhero film to put in here. I think the first time we did this, I said that I thought Guardians of the Galaxy should be nominated. I don't remember what I said last year, but this year I'm taking out two and putting three in. I'm taking out Dunkirk, perfectly fine movie, just whatever. Um, and the post, like I said, dreadfully dull. So I'm going to put in Big Sick, Wonder Woman, and Mudbound. Those would be the three that I wish had been nominated because I think they deserve it over the, per- this is going to be bad, but the pretentious period pieces that we literally see these exact same movies every year. Uh, they're they're not. I mean, they're fine. The execution's fine. It's very good, high quality filmmaking. But we literally see these things every year. The Big Sick, Wonder Woman, Mudbound. Those are not things we see every year. And and I wish that they had been recognized more. And I think that's a good point because you you know they're making Phantom Thread, thinking yes, this is so amazing, and everyone's going to <laughs> gush over this performance in this costume and meanwhile we're sitting in a horror movie about white people taking advantage of black people and we're freaking out like this is something we've never seen before and yes. that's what i want award to win awards that is i don't care about a costume designer i don't care that this oscar bait and you know steven spielberg making mm. points and christopher nolan remaking war movies it's been done and i think i'm just tired of it and that's why i love get out in the big sick because it was just like, there's been a thousand romantic comedies. Why was the big sick so much better than all of them? So I agree with you. I, and I, my wish was the big sick obviously, but I agree with your choices completely. Yeah. It's just, you know, the big sick is interesting because one, it's a true story about a, a woman who goes into a coma, but it's also, it was written by the people who were in it. And it was also, I mean, we haven't really talked about this aspect of it at all, despite the fact that we've talked about this film. It's an interracial relationship, which is a big part of this film. But I really feel like that's been glossed over because of the sensationalized or not sensationalized, but, the, you know, the more sensational points of the story that Emily was in a coma right after they broke up and then they ended up getting married, which is a great story. That's definitely what you want to push that on. But the fact that the two films that we're talking about them that we enjoyed the most that were in our top that were our one and two on our 2017 list we had them reversed both feature interracial relationships one of them has a much better outcome than the other but i think that that's part of what you're saying is that i want to see things that are pushing some boundaries and trying to do things differently and, and we just don't see that as much on film as we should but i agree i i no doubt that we both want get out to win i think that's Absolutely. probably safe and boy, you know, and it could be a moonlight moment where it just comes out of nowhere and takes best picture. I do think Guillermo will win best director, but with this latest buzz and this latest push, and I don't mean to sound racist, but with Black Panther opening this weekend, they could really start mm. this uh, campaign to get, I think it would be an amazing moment to see Get Out come say- in and take out all these movies. Man, please don't let Faye Dunaway near that 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 envelope, um, or maybe do if it helps get out win. But um, yeah, I, I think Shape of Water is going to win uh, as of now. I mean, anything can change, um, and it was a fine film. I wanted to love this film. I loved the concept of it. 
it was just fine. I, I just, I just have, yeah, whatever. We've said this. I don't want to be a dead sea monster, but it was fine. So get out. I want the shape of water will. Same. Um, but I, I've been affectionately referring to it as grinding Nemo. Yeah, I saw that on Twitter. That's hilarious. <laughs> uh, I was listening to uh, Wingo and Golick on ESPN Radio this morning, and they referred to it as um, erotica splash. So, you know, I, however you want to do it. I like Grinding Nemo better. But, yeah, it was fine. Whatever. And we're going to get to that. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that when we get down to it. But, um, okay, Jen, so let's run through some of these other ones. Um, I'm just going to kind of go in whatever order I have them here. Let me know what your thoughts. If you want to expound on them a little bit, feel free. But what do you have winning the animated feature? Coco. Oh, I thought you were like ordering a drink. Yes, Coco as well. Um, okay. Adapted screenplay. What do you have here? Because I have a, a theory here. I have James Ivory call me by your name. I do too. I, uh, however, I think had things been a little different, I think think I might have gone disaster artist, but considering all of the stuff with James Franco, I don't think it has a shot, but I really think that had that stuff not come out, I think disaster artist might have won here, but it, um, no, it's going to be call me by your name. Okay. Best original screenplay. What do you think will win? I mean, I was kind of leaning towards something else. But after this weekend at the Writers Guild, now I'm thinking that this is going to be the consolation one they give to Jordan Peele. Could be. I really hope it's Get Out. And I was torn on this one. One, because I, I want it to be Get Out. I think this one is going to be a consolation prize, but not for Jordan Peele. I think this is going to be Martin McDonough's for losing Best Picture um, for three billboards. However, I have a lot of, I think, one thing that might actually help Jordan with Get Out and Best Picture is this rise of accusations of plagiarism against The Shape of Water. If you aren't familiar, The Shape of Water basically is about a woman who's a janitor in the 1950s, I guess, in a a secret government facility who is doing tests on a sea monster man. There just so happens to be a 1969 play called Let Me Hear You Whisper by Paul Zendel. He's a Pulitzer Prize winner. Um, and that has to do with a woman who is a janitor in the 1950s in a secret government facility doing experiments on a dolphin. And both in both of these things, the woman tr uh, uses a custodian friend to help uh, break the, whether it's a dolphin or the sea monster, out of this facility by putting them in a laundry cart, sneaking away, taking him into the water, into a channel with locks and all that stuff. There's a lot of similarities here. Guillermo del Toro claims that he had no idea, never heard of this uh, this play. The, the play had actually been turned into a TV movie in the UK as well. So it's, I think, if nothing else, it calls to question how thoroughly the film company vetted this because this is something that they should be looking out for. This is something that they should have spotted and they didn't. So I, for me, I kind of hope there's a little blowback and we end up getting get out as best picture. Um, I think that would hurt them for any chance they had at best original screenplay, but um, I'm going to go three billboards here, but fingers crossed for get out. I did not know any of that, but okay. Yeah. So your official pick here in original screenplay is get out. Yes. Okay. 
Okay, for cinematography, Jen, what do you have? I have Blade Runner. Yeah, I do too. Like, I, they're going to do something there, and it's going to be Blade Runner. Um, best documentary feature. I don't watch documentaries. You do. So I'm assuming you're going to have a much more um, informed decision here. But I am going with one film for the sole reason that I got endless press releases about this film like literally until last week i was still getting press releases about this film and that is last men in aleppo so i'm going last men in aleppo simply because their press agents send a shit ton of press releases i do watch a lot of documentaries but since we're recording so early i haven't gotten to any of these oh okay so i was torn between the one you said and this one so i'll go with this one just to mix it up and it's faces places okay all right. We know nothing about these. That's good. Good, good predictions here. Um, similarly, um, best foreign language film. I picked this one solely on the title. I think because uh, of the moment that we're in and the year that we are in leading up to the Academy Awards, I'm going with A Fantastic Woman. I know literally nothing about it other than that title. And it will win. But it will? Okay. Yeah. Good. I'm glad. Um, okay. So what do you have for film editing here, Jen? I have Dunkirk. I do too. I I would if if we were doing once, I would go Baby Driver here. I have Dunkirk, but I would go Baby Driver. What about sound editing? I have Dunkirk for sound editing and mixing. I feel like they love war movies. I agree, and I would have Baby Driver for both of those as well. Um, yeah, so I actually have for film editing, sound editing, and mixing. I have Dunkirk because you're right, and we've talked about this before actually in previous years. It always seems that the war movies win these awards. So I that was my theory there, even though I would have gone Baby Driver and all of them. Okay, what about production design, Jen? I have Grinding Nemo. <laughs> As do I. I also have Grinding Nemo for original score. What about you? I do. Okay, we're really not having a bet this year. Um, I think I kind of know where you're going on this one because of a comment you made earlier. What about makeup and hair? The Darkest Hour. Yep, ditto. For costume design, if I had my choice, I if this was a want, I would go Beauty and the Beast, which is nominated. But as you said a minute ago, there literally is a movie about a dressmaker and a dress designer. So how can that not win? So I guess I'm going Phantom Thread. I love me some P.T. Anderson. I, have, I literally have no interest in seeing this film. I will see it, but it's not one that super interests me. But for costume design, it's about a guy who designs costumes. So why wouldn't it win? Yeah, it's really theirs to lose. I picked that as well, and I have heard reports that it is boring as hell. Yeah, and that's too bad because I think you and I both love Paul Thomas Anderson, and it's just like this this has zero interest for me at all. Too, his last few movies have just kind of gone downhill. I was a huge fan of Magnolia, me and too. ever since then, they've gotten like progressively like less interesting to me. I really enjoyed. Um, Punch Drunk Love as well, which was his follow-up to Magnolia that had Adam Sandler and, oh, Emily something or other. I can't think of her last name. Um, I liked that one as well. And what was it? He was old. The oil movie was the oil movie. The there will be blood. There will be blood. The one about milkshakes and oil. Um, yeah. But other than that, yeah, whatever. Um, visual effects. I have not seen this movie, but I have loved the whole thing behind these films. Like I've always been impressed with them. I've seen two or three of the other ones. So I'm going war for the planet of the apes just because the other ones seem dreadfully underwhelming. Like I, I normally I would have gone star Wars cause I, 
think the Star Wars one, Rogue One, won last year in this uh, visual effects category. But I didn't feel like there was a ton of visual effects in Last Jedi. I mean, there's obviously some, but I, I didn't feel like there was anything overwhelming. So I went with Planet of the Apes just because Caesar always impressed me. So we're not betting. <laughs> I really thought you were going to go Blade Runner here. Like, that seems like the obvious choice. No. <laughs> okay. And I assuming you, you're saved this la- this this one for last i did yes original song um let's go through the nominees here um let me get to these nominees best original song are something called oh yeah okay mighty river from mudbound by mary j blige mystery of love from call me by your name by Sufjan stevens remember me from coco by the great kristen anderson lopez and bobby lopez stand up for something from marshall from a ridiculous writing team diane warren and common I don't know this song, but I'm going to look it up because if you can get Diane Warren in common to collaborate on a track, that's probably good. But then, of course, there's This Is Me from The Greatest Showman by Benj Pasek and Justin Paul and performed by the great Kiala Settle. Um, I assume, Jen, that we're both picking This Is Me. We are. Um, I'm so excited to see what they do because I really feel like they're going to pull out all the stops. My big fear is that it's going to be like last year where... Lady Gaga brought the house down oh. and then they announced someone else as the winner. Like, they, it's just that happens so often. I know. There's no way that they so, can give this to anybody else. I think Coco is like the favorite at this point. No. But This Is Me has so much buzz right now. I can't see people Wait, really? voting against. Yeah, the I've Coco looked at thing? all the critics. At, all the critics I've looked at, they pick Coco. And I find I feel like they're just basing it on history because I loved the movie Coco. I thought it was great. The song isn't that dynamic. The argument you make for Greatest Showman and the songs being too contextual is the arguments I make against Coco. In the movie, those songs are beautiful. But outside of it, it's just, it's fine. See, I think you misunderstand me. I do not think that the songs in This Is Me are this contextual. I think they are not contextual at all. Like, I think, like, well, let me say this. Stephen Sondheim always says that in musical theater, the songs have to be completely written specifically for the situation in the movie or in the in the musical. The songs in Greatest Showman completely work in the context of the film, but they were also written with a more pop sensibility in, in mind so that they work outside of the film. So I, I didn't if I said that or gave that impression last time we talked about it, I did not mean that because I think this is me. If you heard it just on the radio, there is nothing in there that makes you think it's about a circus or, you know, or anything like that. It's just an anthem for people who are bullied or put down. So I definitely think they work out of context, but I I would be shocked if that didn't win. But I'm and I'm even more shocked that you're telling me that Remember Me is the favorite as of now. That's what I'm saying. I'm I'm saying that the critics who are picking remember me are basing it on one it's pixar they always win two it's the lopez they are known for mega hits but this is me is going to bring the house down and i really do think that it's going to win which would be back to back for our broadway boys yeah well i mean and and bobby and Kristen won you know for frozen and you know so it's not these folks are not uh, haven't won before and common won for that song from um, from Selma. So I'm sure Diane Warren has like 13 Emmy or 13 Oscars at this point. So, but yeah, Jen, I think like we said at the beginning, we knew that we were going to agree a lot. And I think we pretty much did, um, on all of these. Um, I, I mean, there's maybe what 
two that we didn't agree on. So we're not betting. Um, but it's just like I, there's not a lot of intrigue about these things. It's true. And because of that, I hope th- I hope that the, the ceremony is entertaining. I think Jimmy <laughs> Kimmel does a good job. I think there's a lot of controversy going on. So there's going to be some moments. But award wise, I think it's really going to be predictable yeah. and kind of uneventful. Of the three main 1130 network talk show hosts, it seems to me that Kimmel has the, I don't know, the the ability or the history of going into some more subversive territory than white bread Jimmy Fallon and more political Stephen Colbert. Stephen Colbert can talk about politics, but he doesn't really he doesn't really venture into like Ricky Gervais territory where he can really be cutting to people. I feel like Jimmy Kimmel, because of his background, does have a little bit of that. And I think this is probably a time when that's okay. I I, am hoping that he gets a little sharp. He gets a little pointed because let's be honest, there's enough people in this community that deserve to hear that, even if they are in an award ceremony. So I'll be interested to see how he handles that. I'll be interested to see if James Franco shows up. I'll be interested to see, um, you know, what that's all about. I, I just, uh, there's some intrigue in the ceremony, not necessarily in the awards and the ceremony, at least for me. Yeah, I agree. I think I would throw James Corden in there too. I think he's a good yeah. host and he can kind of ride the the wave of both sides but i think jimmy kimmel's the right person right now well and well, uh, hold on i think he's the right person if they were going to go with a white guy yeah I, i'm obviously i have to assume <laughs> that that's all they're going to go with i yeah. mean there's way more dynamic people i'd, lo- I'd love to see freaking key and peel that was our prediction oh, last year oh that's right i forgot can about you that. imagine if they hosted the oscars oh god that would be yeah. so great it probably wouldn't have been a good idea with Jordan nominated for stuff, but I'm sure it's happened before. I mean, look, well, they... to be fair, when we made that prediction, not prediction, but like that wish, yeah, we had no idea Correct. Jordan Peele was going to be a not Oscar nominated director the yes. following year. Yes. And writer. Yeah. Yeah. Who so stand by it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they definitely, I mean, I have no problem with Kimmel. I mean, he's, I think he's very good and he's having his um, a moment right now, but um, all right. So, Jen, do you have any other predictions of things that you think will happen? Anything? I mean, they're going to bring out food at some point and feed the people and make a joke about how long it is because it seems like they've been doing that every year since Alan hosted, right? Yeah, I'm over it. <laughs> but also, it's the 90th yes. Academy Awards. So there's going to be those montages that I love, but everyone complains about because they're like, it makes the ceremony too long. But you know what? I'm always in for it. I don't care if it's four and a half hours. Yeah, I mean that's it's it happens once a year. I mean, get over it. I just you know I would love it if the Tonys, you know, if they broadcast all of the Tonys leading up to it instead of doing things in commercials, do it an hour on PBS. Like I would want all four hours because I want to see all of it. It makes no sense to me why people complain about an award ceremony that they say they're excited to watch, and then complain about there being more for them to watch. If you just wanted to, you know, watch the awards fast forward through you know tape it and fast forward or just watch the acceptance speeches or whatever but if you're going to watch an award ceremony watch the award ceremony and i think honestly this is indicative of everything we've been saying for the past year is that tv is just stronger right now yeah and it's it's actually showing up now in awards because the emmy races were so hard to call yeah but oscars were like yeah i guess this guy's gonna win yeah exactly so um i'm excited to see what happens next year and i'm gonna go out on a limb 
I see we're recording on Monday the 12th. I see Black Panther on Tuesday the 13th, so I have not seen it. But I'm putting Black Panther as a best picture nominee next year. If it's not a nominee, it's going to be in my wish. I'm almost positive for 2019. I feel like people will take to the streets if that is not a best picture nominee next year. It's bad enough that Wonder Woman was snubbed this year, but I don't think they'll tolerate Black Panther being well, ignored. The only problem is, is that it's 13 months before the Academy Awards next year. You know, so it's like that that excitement kind of ebbs a, a little bit by the time that comes around. But if the Academy Awards were if it was up for this year's Academy Awards and it wasn't nominated, I think you're right, because there's been nothing but praise heaped on this film and i'm so excited to see it so anyway thanks for listening to this episode of broadway world sound like a pop podcast you can find all of our episodes on broadwayworld.com and you can get new episodes on itunes stitcher or google play so make sure to subscribe download and share the gift that is some like it pop also do our egos a favor and follow the show on twitter at slip podcast and go over to itunes or wherever you get your podcasts and rate and review us please and thank you we invite you to get in touch with jen and me and let us know what you think about the films that we talked about here We'll be back in a few weeks where we will catch up on the bet that I lost from last Academy Awards. We will wrap up our Battlestar Galactica talk. We'll also talk about Jen trying to make me cool with the podcast. And I listened to those so long ago, I'm probably going to have to listen to them again to remember them. And then we'll also talk about the new shows debuting in the second half of the spring TV season. So until then, we'll see you around the Broadway world. drop beat for me god it's 8 30 here and i'm dead to the world i don't know how you're doing it what was i gonna say i don't remember the tweens take to titter